What's going on, all you constant listeners out there in the multiverse? You're listening to Bird 16 Comics Wire podcast. I am your host, Brian of Bird 16. And um, my guest today is um, he's a regular. Um, I've had him before. Um, this is the third time I've had him on. It's Pat Murphy, uh, the writer for Echoes of the Triumphant, or the creator, I should say, also of Echoes of the Triumphant. How's it going, Pat? Uh, it's going pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> Sorry for the botched introduction. I had to get my microphone. I knew I was missing something. Oh yeah, no worries. My my microphone's just pretty basic. I know. All right. So, um, how how's everything going? Uh, yeah, everything's going well. Um, so it's it's a pretty crazy time in Ottawa right now because there's a whole trucker protest. Um, but aside from that, everything's pretty uh, going going all right. Like um. Kickstarter's up and running, um, currently at 85%. Uh, so yeah, it's everything's everything's pretty solid. Awesome. Yeah, so um, yeah, speaking of the Kickstarter, I've been looking at it. Uh, it looks like you're, once again, toward your goal with, you know, 30 days to go too. I mean, you're like, it looks like you're less than $100, you know, about less than 100 away. Um, and it's already within the month, so it's really taking off. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty ideal. I had a, I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful for everybody's support. Yeah, and for those who, for those of the listeners who are new to um the um podcast, tell us more about Echoes of the Triumphant. Sure. I I think the best way to describe Echoes of the Triumphant is that um it's like a worst case scenario world. Um, if super, uh, super human exists, so it's not like the sense that narcissists superheroes. Um, it's sense that like the governments and all these corrupt like business people, um, like superhumans, uh, for like cheap labor. And so, um, there's just like a lot of rivalry. There's uh, really like. These, these tweaks, these superhumans, as we call them in the story, um, they're like treated as like second class citizens. So, um, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of like inequality in Echo City. And um, yeah, basically it's up to this, our character, Adrian Avery, to just uh, the peace in the city. Okay, yeah. Um... So that's pretty much, it's a story about like, yeah, so it's pretty much uh, the story. Cause like, um... It was a little bit of we have a little bit of a spy connection. I don't know if I was able to hear you, but um, basically from what you're saying, so it's like a story about like how due to our freak accident, um, oh, these people gain like these powers and all that, and then like um, with their abilities, they're used as sort of like second class citizens are used for manual labor. Yeah, exactly. So like, um, I mean, like the. The idea is that like uh, they'd be forced to do, you know, like mining or construction or, you know, just really hard. Um, and there's this like uh, private military contracts in that the government hired just to like, you know, keep them to keep them from rebelling. So and they're, they're basically forcing them to do their jobs with like uh, certain technologies. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, it's quite the story. And um, the main character um, is name. I think his name is Adrian. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yep, his name's uh, Adrian Avery. Avery, and um, yeah, he uh, he starts out the story with uh, with a huge like chip on his shoulder. So um, pretty much when he starts when when we start Echoes of the Triumphant. Uh, his like career comes to a halt, and uh, we learn that like he had tired. You know, he's working in a job that um, is not that fulfilling. So um, w- when we start off the story, he's definitely a dude who's like um, kind of um, he, he kind of he's not feeling that great about himself, and so um, he sets on this journey to take down. Um, this villain Lionheart just to kind of elevate himself and just make him look and feel better. So yeah. All right. 
And um, so, um, all right, so sorry about that. So um, right now we have the Kickstarter open um, and it looks like this is for the third issue of the Echoes of the Triumphant. And can you tell us more about the Kickstarter? And um, cause it looks like you're pretty much almost at your goal right now once more. Yeah, so we're, we're at 85% um, funded. So um, yeah, I'm really grateful about that. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for everybody's support. Um, so yeah, this is the third issue. So we have uh, issue number zero, the prelude, and then we have issue number one and issue number two. Um, so yeah, if you, if you check out our Kickstarter, um, there's a lot of uh, you know, fantastic rewards I think that people should check out. So uh, there's digital rewards, there's uh, print rewards. Um, you have the option to become uh, listed in our uh, backers credit page. So when the graphic novel is complete, um, you'll have your name appear on the credits page of the graphic novel. Um, and we have this really cool reward where um, you get to be featured as a tweet if you if you back it. So um, I think in the, in the last reward, um, you know, if, if you select it, you will be featured as a tweak of your choice. You get to be any tweak that you want to be um an issue issue number four so yeah it's pretty cool and we also have another thing going on right now where if you back the project and you just share the link um you'll be eligible for a free a free echoes of the trap from poster so uh yeah I'm, I'm mumbling right now but like um yeah there's a lot of cool rewards that everybody should check out amazing and let's see it looks like uh we have a lot of the um Let's see, stretch goals, um, custom made Reverb Comics t-shirts and um, stretch goal also custom made um, Reverb Comics, Reverb Comics cap. So, wow, it's really, um, these, goals, these goals look really awesome. And let's see, we have the digital bundle, the backer credits, uh, print bundle. And can, can you tell us a little more about the bundles? Yeah, so um, pretty much the print, print and digital bundles, um, uh, they, they, they just include issue number zero, number one, and number two. So um, but you can either choose to have that sent to you like uh, via like a PDF form uh, if, you, if you back the digital reward, um, or we can just send it to you um, by mail and just you'll, you'll have it on your doorstep and, and yeah. It's amazing. And I'm also looking at the page too, and, and like I've seen some of the concept drawings um, Looks kind of like a director's cut almost. Looks really awesome, especially the drawing of Lionheart and our main character. I mean, that suit looks really awesome. It's, uh, where'd you come up with the concept for the suit? Was it talked upon between you and the, um, the artists? Yeah, so, so basically what happened is that um, uh, in this story, uh, Adrian's just a regular guy, right? So um, if he gets, the idea was like, we wanted to take a grounded route with the story. So if he got hit by somebody who's really, really strong, then, you know, like a normal person wouldn't be able to survive that, right? So he needs like this suit of armor to just uh, kind of protect himself in case he gets hit by uh, somebody who's just ridiculously powerful. So um, that that's, that's pretty much needed in the story. So I basically sketched out, uh, you know, what I wanted um, and then Jared, uh, Jared Bazina, our, our artist, um, just really gave, uh, just really built on that and just made like an awesome design. It's amazing. So right now I just posted the, um, the link on my Twitter page, um, my personal Twitter page, uh, BrianFord16 uh, to support Reverb Comics. So for those of you who are listening, uh, be sure to click on the um, page and it will take you on, on my tweet and it'll take you straight to the Kickstarter page, which also has a trailer, which I'm actually planning on posting on my YouTube page a little bit later on. So y'all can see, uh, this is a really cool comic. And, um, when I read it, I was completely, you know, I was like, wow, especially by the fact that, you know, this, uh, I feel that this comic does have a story and also it just shows like it, I feel like it's a reflection of our society. I think I mentioned that in a previous episode, when I had Grant, when I had a pat on last time, I mentioned how it's sort of it's sort of a reflection on our society about how we treat people who are different from us, and you know, especially with 
there was this one part in the comic that I noticed with um, how they used one tweak in particular to as a sort of as a taxi service because he's sort of a speedster in a sense and I thought that was really I thought that was like you know symbolic of how you know especially in our society how we you how we use certain people to do certain forms of labor and it's just it's like wow you know and I think it was just it was just a reminder of just how kind of how far people, you know, would go to take advantage of others. I, I think now that I'm thinking about it, would you say that's the case with the with this um with Echoes of the Triumphant or I mean the society in Echo City? Yeah, so that's that's definitely a big factor. Um there's definitely just a lot of exploitation. There's like an, a lot of exploitation to the point where like um people feel as if they're they're kind of cheated in a way and they're not being uh, valued as much as they should be. And um, another part um, aspect of Echoes of the Triumphant is that um, image and pride are, are very big factors. So um, I think what makes um, Adrian like really interesting as a character is that he's very like image obsessed. Like he wants um, more like like a greater social status and he wants more money and he wants more attention and um, I think that's really reflective of um, everything that's just going on in the real world right now. Like whenever you go onto social media, you just see like, you know, the shiny exterior of a person's life. You don't, you know, you don't see their struggles. You don't see their, um, you know, their hardships or anything like that. And so um, Adrian's very much, much like that. He just wants everybody to see um this fantastic image of himself he's not when 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 we started the story he's just he's not uh he's not honest so um so yeah i think um if if you're somebody who really enjoys um american psycho um i, I think you'll definitely like echoes of the triumphant so wow i didn't know that um american psycho was it one of the inspirations behind echoes of the triumphant um, I never seen the movie myself. I know it did start Christian Bale, um, the guy who played uh, Batman in um, the Dark Knight um, trilogy. And um, wow, that's really interesting. How 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 did um, American Psycho become sort of an influence? Um, well, so I I read American Psycho, I guess, in my early twenties, and I just thought like, oh, it's based on a book. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It, I thought it was like one of the best books ever because like. The whole the whole story is that it's it's about um, it's like a satire on the male ego, right? So um, uh, this character uh, Patrick Bateman, like he cares so much about his image that he just can't feel anything. Like he doesn't know his own sense of individuality. So um, he just does absolutely horrendous and horrible things just so he can feel something. So, um, like, he doesn't even ask himself what he likes, what he enjoys. He's only obsessed with, like, what other people think of him and what, how other people perceive him. So um, I just think that's a very interesting thing because, like, uh, I, I feel as though everybody should sort of watch out for that to a certain extent because um, I guess it's a story about, like, how there's a cost to, like, fitting in. Oh, um, yeah. Yes. Like, his, like the more he tries to fit in in the story, like the more his mental state just deteriorates and, and he loses himself. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a it's a pretty like violent and kind of shocking story. But um, I mean, there's there's something, I guess, to be learned from that. So um, that's really something that I wanted to put into Echoes of the Triumphant because um, um, I mean, like, I see all these like tech talkers and 17 year old kids who are trying to like you know build their following and I, I'm thinking to myself like nobody in this generation wants to be like a lawyer or a doctor or like a, a good Samaritan so um I, I think that's a really relevant thing for um our generation yeah yeah totally um and how also too is how yeah, the, the the whole part of losing yourself and like having your own self image, um, it kind of reminds me of a comic I've been reading. It's been it's called 
Incognito. It's by Matt Johnson. I don't know if you read it though, but it's about a black man who can pass for a white for a white man. And what he does is, is that he's a reporter and he goes to he uses his um he uses his sort of like his appearance to and his abilities as a journalist to expose racial injustice. I actually did like a previous commentary on a on an episode um a while like about not too long ago and it was really interesting how he used his ability he used all of that to expose racial injustice so that way he can he can report on the lynchings going on in the south because back then i mean that's one of the dark the dark side it's pretty much the dark side of american history was just that the south was involved with the lynchings of african americans and it's a real controversial topic but you know this this character um based on a real journalist i, I believe i named by the name of walter white who did the same thing he would expose racial injustice uh use his appearance to um blend in and to infiltrate and he even talked about like how you know he he tried like he even talked about how it was kind of like a battle for him to like remind himself that i mean i would say it was a battle though but he he you know knew he was a black dude he didn't um he didn't like to you know he didn't, he didn't like the fact that he would like I mean, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is just that he didn't want to like lose his own meaning. Like he wanted he wanted yeah, you know to know that he was black. Medium. Yeah, and yeah. that he would tell people too that you know I, you know he was like, look, I, I love myself who I am. I know who I am, and I, I I accept it. I love it, you know. And I thought that was it was really interesting how you brought up the whole idea of just like work you know the self-image because that's something some people struggle with they struggle with trying to look cool trying to look fly but then there are some people out there that you know deep down they're a different person and i think a part of it is just the fact that they don't like that part of themselves so they act a certain way in order to fit in in order to like mask but then that takes energy you know oh yeah yeah that's for sure and that's where the Um, go ahead yeah, go ahead. And I feel like that's where, that's where like you know people kind of lose themselves. Like you know when the energy get this, the energy you know and all that it takes to do all that it is lose themselves and, you know they're they're just not you know they're a whole different person but not to their liking and like I think when people start to kind of see through the facade it's almost like uh, <laughs> you know they become even not hated but but I, I mean I guess hated in a sense so but like it's just people know right away like okay that's fake you know yeah i I was gonna say um i was just watching a a podcast earlier it was about um alan rickman and he was yeah professor snake uh yeah yeah so he he he, um he played aquaman he recently played hawk and titans and he he was he was talking about like just like what life in hollywood was like so oh wait man you talking um, about alec rickman from Oh no, he... um, Alan Alan Richardson. Sorry, Alan Richardson. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's the guy who played just Hawk recently. He's I think he's leading um, the Jack Reacher show on on Amazon right now. And uh-huh. um, I've I've yeah, seen trailer. He, I trailer the trailer for that. Yeah, he he was basically on the the podcast, and he was saying like, you know, he was an actor, writer, uh, producer, you know, father friends and he was just trying his best to like keep up with all those identities and he just that's that's all he ever did right and it just caused him like a huge like depression and so um it's a real thing you know it's it's something to be uh kind of mindful of so so yeah yeah so, I mean, with the character of Adrian, so he goes through sort of a change too. I mean, he eventually slowly starts to um, help out the tweaks in some way. I mean, though he's still a little selfish, I mean, you can tell that he's going through sort of a change and, you know, his brother's a tweak too. Um, did I get that correct also? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so his his brother's a tweak. Um, so basically in the story, um, there's a rebel gang of tweaks led by Lionheart and uh, they want to overthrow the city and just impose their own sense of order because they don't agree with the laws. Um, so yeah, like um, Adrian just wants to take him down. So like, you know, he'll be recognized as like 
you know, the big man, like the guy who took down this big bad monster and just made self image. Yeah, yeah, made everything better. Um, but then he realizes, like, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but then this is an issue three and issue four. Like, um, he realizes that um, Lionheart kind of has like a, a point to what he's doing. Like, um, he realizes that, like, you know, the government and and these corrupt businessmen, like, they're just they're not just exploiting these people, but they're just doing absolutely like terrible and irredeemable things. And um, it, it comes to like Adrian's attention. And um, that's what really like, um, I guess, makes him uh, change his mindset, I guess. So like, um, so it makes him question what he's, he, he like how he wants to serve everybody. And, um, and yeah, like, um, I think there's, there's a couple interesting layers to like Adrian in the sense that, um, you know, I said this before, like he, um, he's not a good person when we start up the story, like he lies, he cheats, he steals. And not the uh, Eddie Guerrero way. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah. But, but when we like, uh, um, I guess when you learn more about him, like you get where he's coming from. So, um, I guess childhood trauma is like another theme of story. Um, he had like really, really toxic parents. And so that's one of the reasons why um, he just can't be open with anybody. Like he feels very guarded around people all the time. Cause he's, he's, um, I guess he just doesn't want, uh, he doesn't want uh, things to be used against him all the time. And so um, there's that and um yeah, he's just, he's just genuinely, he genuinely just thinks like a lot of us that like, you know, oh, if we had success and money and, you know, if everybody was giving us all this attention, we'd be happy. But, you know, um, he learns that lesson in the story that all that stuff, it, it doesn't make you happy at all. It just makes you oftentimes like worse off. So I guess in a sense, you know, with the whole accident that happened in um, Echo City, I mean, even though Adrian did become, didn't become a tweak, like all the people in Echo City who changed physically, in a sense, Adrian starts to change himself. I mean, even though he doesn't have like tweak, like abilities, in a sense, it made a, it, it kind of changes perspective, if you will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, um, I mean, I think his transformation really comes like um, at the end of the arc, like I, again, I don't want to spoil too much about the story, but um, um, there's like, there's a lot of things I plan on doing with like Adrian. So like, for, for example, in this arc, um, it's all about like image, right? He just, he kind of learns that like, oh, you know, you know, this, this image of perfection is not ideal. It'll just make me miserable. So that's one of his first lessons that he learns, um, you know, the next lesson in, in the next arc is more about like validation about mm -hmm. we, 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 I mean, especially when we're kids, like we seek a lot of validation from like other people. And so um, like he's somebody who has like a lot of, uh, I guess, self-worth issues. And so, um, yeah, he, he, he doesn't do well when he's alone, I guess, but he learns to like slowly just like love himself and, um and yeah so um there's there's a lot of like uh i re i really hope fingers crossed that we make it up that we get to do these four or five arcs that i get that that i have planned for this character but um i mean they sound like amazing arcs i mean the, the fact the validation self-love i mean again it kind of goes back to icon negro sorry for like the word salad ladies and gentlemen i mean i was trying trying to gather my thoughts so but i guess what i was going to say about icon negro too was just the fact that with him, he knew he knows that he loves himself, but I think you know, with him too, he um has you know, he kind of feels bad for having to blend in um as a you know black man looking like a white dude. And you know, that kind of, I guess that kind of makes him feel a little bad, but you know, at the same time, the fact that he's using it to expose racial injustice is uh is a redeeming quality. It's um it's a way for him to like um make things right and to help out his people. And I feel like I see that with Adrian too, sort of on the reverse, even though he's not a tweak, right? He's fighting for, you know, he's, he's doing something right using his MMA abilities. 
um and you know also helping out his brother too even though he and his brother don't see eye to eye i mean i mean it's about family too i guess you know with um echoes of the triumphant too i mean we do see adrian's sister who's sort of like a reluctant matriarch of the family who has to keep everything together and she just has to pick up the pieces every time adrian you know or his brother like you know mess up she has to patch everything back up together i mean would you say that's the case too with the with her or yeah i'd say so I'd, I'd say like um like family is a really big theme in the story um yeah like uh yeah her sister like is somebody who um is kind of that like supportive person in adrian's life who you know constantly tries to like push him to be a better person but of course when you know we started the story like adrian just he just keeps on screwing things up and he doesn't listen to her um but yeah like um i, I guess it's interesting what you said earlier about, about that story like um to me like one of the other themes that's really important to echoes of the triumph and his family so um you know it it kind of one of the questions that i ask later on in the story is that like how far would you go like for your family and what does that say about you as a person? So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to give too much away about Echoes of the Triumphant, but um, like uh, later on in the story, like he, you know, a family member is in danger and, you know, he goes on to do a lot of questionable things. And um, I, I guess that's one, one of the really interesting things about like storytelling because um i mean like just just in life in general like i feel like a lot of people are often caught in some like some gray areas like um and so uh, but at the end of the day like people just want to look out for their fellow friends and fam fellow families and um yeah that's just what makes people very interesting to me yeah um that's a yeah totally and um so I don't know if I have much to say, more to say about Echoes of the Triumphant. Um, I did, well, let's see. We did talk about um, the arcs. Um, how about the big bad Lionheart? What's his story? Yeah, true. So um, like, uh, I guess on the surface, like he kind of looks like a Magneto-esque character. Like, I was, I was um, thinking that too, actually, you know, about yeah. like leading the Brotherhood of Mutants and all that. It's like, I, I try to do something interesting with this character. So um, on the surface, he looks like that type of character. It looks like he's an, like an extremist who uh, wants to give as much pain and punishment to like normal people as possible and as much privilege to tweaks as possible. But um, like in the story, I kind of allude to the fact that like um, he's, he's driven by his pride too. So like, um in a way he's not too dissimilar from adrian because like pride's a very like driving force uh in his character like it's a very big character flaw in like both uh lionheart and adrian so i tried to set up that like dark parallel between the two of them so uh lionheart really he just wants to like impose his own sense of order just so he can have like the greatest social status in the city so that's that's really what drives him. So it's but almost yeah, like an inherent make... two characters, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So yeah, they're they're I'd I'd say like uh in a way like um like Lionheart's like a dark reflection of, of Adrian. So like Adrian does a lot of questionable things, um, just so like just out of his own ego. But then Lionheart does like very, very bad things just to like out of just just for his ego as well so um so yeah yeah and i was gonna also say too that the, the two characters seem to be like foils of each other you know it's yeah. like yeah that's true like yin and yang almost and sort of like neo and smith and how they're the same person and you know one's obviously the savior supposed to be supposed to be the savior of humanity whereas the other one is just this this uh virus or something or exactly. yeah yeah I, I to be honest they're kind of like um 
the uh, the dynamic between them is kind of inspired by like Daredevil and the Kingpin. So like, yeah, Kingpin kind of uses his like strength and just like big physicality to just fight people and. Uh, like Adrian and Daredevil, they just rely more on their like fighting skills. Like they're very, they're a lot smaller. And I mean, like Daredevil and Adrian, they're like regular sized people, but they're not like like as strong as as, as built and like, as as um, Kingpin and, and Lionheart. So yeah. And the fact that um, with Daredevil too, he um, uses his adversity to drive him. The fact that he's blind. Yeah. And how that symbolizes justice being blind. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, um, I mean, like, I think there's there's a couple of um, like if you if you read, I don't know how to describe it to you, but if you read the story, like, you can kind of tell that like uh, Daredevil kind of influences Echoes of the Triumph too. Like, um, it's very. I try to make it like dark and, and gritty and grounded as possible because you know like I just feel as if like your characters aren't that grounded like uh, it's, it's just kind of hard to connect with them so um oh yeah Char- you know to have a character that's grounded is always a good thing I mean you want a character that is grounded and has flaws it's not a Mary Sue um mm-hmm. that way many people can relate to that character and oh yeah definitely and if there's any character that I can, you know, there's a lot, there's actually a lot of characters that I can name on top of my head who are, who I feel are very grounded. And um, I know the character that comes to my mind is from Final Fantasy X by the name of Titus. I don't know if you played the game, but um, he's one of my favorite characters, actually. Hmm? I never played it, no. You, yeah, so it's a, it's a really cool game. Um, in Final Fantasy X, he's just seen as, he's sort of like Adrian, the fact that he's all about the razzle-dazzle being the star. Because in the story, he's a, he's a blitzball player. And for those of you constant listeners who don't know, um, blitzball is like the sport in Final Fantasy X. It's sort of like aqua soccer. It's like, it's like uh, soccer in water, basically. Like they're swimming and like throwing the ball at each other. Or like water polo, but in a more, it's like more deep. It's like, you're not like swimming on top of it. You're like swimming in the water. And it's like in this globe of like water, this like this, you know, blue globe of water. And you're like swimming, trying to score a goal. And this character is just, he's all, he's a star player and he's following in his father's footsteps of becoming a the blitz ball player. But then again, he also has daddy issues too. And you know, as he's sucked into a different reality that's different from his own, he comes to, he like, he slowly starts to shed off, like, the whole being the star player and starts to find a real purpose, his real purpose, which is to be a guardian to this um, summoner, this beautiful summoner that he has a crush on by the name of Yuna. And he finds out that, he, he quickly discovers that his dad was a gardener to Yuna's father, and um, it, the story is just, it, you know, the great storytelling in that. And, you know, he's such a grounded character because we can all relate to Titus of always wanting to be on top, always wanting to be number one, always wanting everything. And you come to realize that there's more to life than just being number one. There's more to life than just being like the top dog, if you will. You know, yeah, it's just, you know, what's more, you know, what's more worth it to life is just being there for those that you love. And he learns that with his bond with Yuna, who later on becomes his girlfriend of sorts. And he also learns that with the bond with his companions, um, Waka, Lulu, Riku, you know, all these people who have different abilities, but yet they all share the common goal of being, you know, being um, guardians to Yuna. So I, I you know, he's just a, he's just a great example of just being that grounded character that we can all relate to and all learn from. And I think too, like, that's one of the, you know, like with Echoes of the Triumph, I feel like that's gonna, you know, that's one of the, you know, cool things about the story is just that we can learn from this character of like, what's important and what's not so important. And with Adrian wanting to be this top MMA fighter and, you know, don't get me wrong. He's a great fighter. You know, he's talented, but I think he, he's going to learn that from what it looks like, he's going to learn that there's more to life than just being making money, you know, being 
I mean, he started to realize, he's starting to realize that with his job even, <laughs> but you know, there's more to life than just, you know, making money, you know, being the top dog and, you know, there's actually worth, it's more worth it to be there for your friends and for those that you love and your family than just, you know, being on the top. That's yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I think you definitely nailed the story. Um, yeah, I, I really hope that like people just check it out because I, I just feel as if like a lot of people today are just, I don't know, just too self-involved in their, in their phones and, and just like a lot of like things that just aren't uh, that important, I guess. Like some people are just a bit too uh, career driven and that just like inevitably leads to like some, some misery and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, with the fact that, like I said, it's a mirror to our own society. And that's one of the things in our society that we all struggle with, I think, is we all want to have that golden career where we make buttloads of money. But then, you know, again, we lose ourselves in the process, just like trying to fit in, you know, we kind of lose ourselves and we, you know, it's just that takes up a lot of energy and. And yeah, it just, we see it happen. And I mean, we see it on the news as well. Um, I think also this, the fact that people who could have been, who could have been, who could have done great things and yet they decide to like forever reason, just like get, get, um, get caught up in the whole hoopla if at all, if you will. And then it's like, and we see it with a lot with celebrities too. And then like, they're just, you know, nothing against celebrities. Celebrities are cool. But I think, you know, for those who really get caught up in the allure of it all, like they, they're just miserable, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, that's why it's a lot of them, you know, have to go to therapy. And for me, like, I'm, a, you know, I, mental health is one of the, you know, is this is one of the things I take very seriously. And I think many a lot of people do need therapy and i think people should go to therapy i go to therapy all the time just you know just for you constant listeners out there i'm not ashamed to admit it i do go to therapy because guess what yours truly battle stuff and we all battle stuff and i think you know we need to remind ourselves every day that again this is more to life than you know trying to get that you know trying to be at the top and or trying to get that you know golden career and it's like you know, I mean, some people do get to that point only to realize that's not worth it. I guess it's also what I'm trying to say too. And um, I feel that we even see that with, you know, we could see that with Lionheart also, you know, where he's sort of like, you know, what probably, probably, you know, arguably speaking, now you mentioned it, like, I think that had Adrian been tweaked, he probably would have been like Lionheart without question. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, like kind of kind of back to um, the point that you were saying earlier. Like, um, um, I, yeah, I was just gonna say like, echoes of the triumphant. Uh, it, it's really about like the triumph of the human spirit. So like each and every character. Um, I just I I tried to um, make it so that they're just every single character is kind of miserable in some way or another. Yeah. And um, like. Like as you read the story, you um you just get to see him triumph, and you know that's like a really that's a really beautiful thing. Like I just think it's beautiful, like when you know people struggle with whatever, whether it be like financial distress or like um, like family distress or like uh, or, or this and that, and they just um, they just triumph, you know, like um. um that's uh that's uh that's one of the reasons why like daredevil has such an influence on echoes of the triumphant because that character to me like um you know you just see so much like perseverance so like for example like his his mother abandoned him when uh when he was a baby because she was suffering from postpartum depression and then wow his dad died at the hands of a mobster when he was a kid and then he lost the first love of his life Electra to Bullseye and then he lost the second love of his life uh Karen Page to Bullseye as well so um yeah that's that's uh I, I tried to 
inject that same sort of energy into uh, my story. So like when you read Echoes of the Triumphant, like um, he's just, uh, he just has a really big chip on his shoulder. Like he has to persevere through a lot of uh, personal and, you know, external obstacles. And um, it's just, it's in my opinion, it's like a really beautiful thing and you just get to see him like, uh, overcome all those things. Yeah, that, that creates a, that really creates a beautiful story. And, you know, I mean, I think struggle is just one of those things where it's not pretty though, but it makes the story kind of beautiful in a sense. And, you know, for, for there to be no struggle, I mean, like, or for to not be facing any dragons or, you know, monsters Mm -hmm. along the way or any adversity, I mean, it would just be a boring story. You know, and I think, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think too, like even heroes who are supposedly like, you know, who are like unstoppable or seemingly impenetrable, you know, struggle with that too in their own ways. I mean, even like my favorite, my favorite hero of all time, Superman, you know, for instance, you know, he's had some, you know, he's had a lot of, just a lot of shit thrown at him. and even in like the recent stories too, where his son growing up to be an older, to be an older kid, um, hanging out with his, you know, supposedly, you know, his dad who is like, pre, you know, presumed deceased, Jor-El, um, you know, just takes his own son and they, you know, he gets aged pretty quickly. And that must've been, that, that was a real, that must've been a real, punch to the face for Superman and to realize that, wow, you know, and, you know, he was, he, you know, I mean, for a short time, he was missing his son, then only to find out that his son returned, but he was older. And cause you know, about a couple, I think it was like about a span of a few weeks. Like he was just a kid. He was a 10 year old boy trying to figure himself out and a 10 year old boy who inherited his superpowers. But then a couple of weeks later, he comes back this 17 year old kid and or the 17 year old you know almost almost a man practically and he was just like dude and like i feel like that you know brian michael bendis i think wrote that um arc too and a lot of fans were not happy about it though but i think you know it just put in the new depth you know kind of like in the it put some depth into superman's stories and it kind of you know made you know i i guess it kind of affected you know it did affect Clark in a way you know it actually did affect Clark and Lois and like I said it must have been a real cosmic smack to the face and can you imagine like your own kid you know you you see them as like a little you know you you, you see them as a little baby but then say like weeks later they're already grown up and it's like wow that was fast you know what I mean and it just hits you and it's just like wow like that oh sorry go ahead Okay, I, I was gonna say I can I can sort of see like the the I guess controversy to it all because like in my opinion like um like just just the really grounded stuff that makes him seem like a really like human person is kind of a um uh, like helps people like connect with Superman. So like recently in the show like um I remember in the pilot like like his mom just died yeah the very first episode and that's like that's a really real thing that everybody will probably have to go through like the passing of like a family member or friend and it's a gut punch and that's just what makes you like connect with him so much because like um because despite the fact that he's this he's he's almost like a god like you can relate to how he's feeling like everybody can put themselves in that in his shoes so so uh so yeah like i I think i think that what you were saying earlier about like his son just aging up like uh like like almost like to like a man like i think that's a huge gut punch to uh to superman but it's like i don't know it's like it doesn't really sound that relatable well i mean like the fact that i mean relatable in the sense that you know any parent would probably like i feel like any parent would like be shocked at the fact that their child is aged quickly it's like crap you know yeah and like and also for the fact that you know clark can't strives to be normal he wants to have a normal life he wants to have a family but then for his dad to like kind of like jor right to like kind mm-hmm. of 
you know, interfere with that. That must have, that must have like made him feel some kind of way. It's like, dude, can you just like, let me like live life like normal? And that's one of the thing. That's one of the things I love about Superman is just the fact that he wants to be normal. He strives to be as human as possible, even though he's an alien God or he's an alien from another planet and practically has powers of a God. And it reminds me of a quote that Batman even said about him. And, you know, Batman one time even quoted saying that it's remarkable. It's a remarkable dichotomy in many ways. Clark is the most human of us all. Then he shoots fire from his from the skies, and it's difficult to not think of him as a god. And how fortunate we are all to that he does not that that's not yeah. even occurred to him. Yeah, the thought never occurs to him. Yeah, yeah, and I I thought that was that was really that was a really powerful quote from Batman because I feel that yeah, Superman is human. I mean, he, you know, he you know, I mean, besides injustice, Superman or Ultraman, Superman would not hurt a fly. You know, he would not, you know, he wouldn't do any of that. And even though he knows that he could, I mean, if he wanted to, he could probably rule the universe, but, you know, that's just not who he is. And, you know, it's just, yeah, and that's one of the things I do like about him. And, you know, just the fact he's an introvert and he's himself and he's okay with being himself. He's comfortable with who he is. I mean, he grows to become comfortable with who he is. And, Going back to Adrian, I think he's going through sort of the same thing where he's going to he's going to become comfortable with who he is. And I think underneath all that, you know, MMA, you know, machismo, whatever, like he's actually a good guy. He's a good person. And he's just like he's a, I think, you know, honestly, he's he's a good person not doing good things, you know, not to quote Ryan exactly. Leaf, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, that's a pretty interesting way of like putting it like, um um yeah like there's there's definitely like a, a lot of humanity to to adrian i don't think he's he's has the same struggles as superman because like i mean um superman's all like kind of in bizarre territory and he just wants to be normal more than anything else and i mean with adrian's um, case he's a human being you know yes yeah, i yeah, go yeah, for him but like um it's also it's, it's almost like the reverse path in a way because like Clark you know really loves his family really loves his friends uh but when we started the story like Adrian just kind of pushes away his family and friends in a pursuit to like uh in pursuit of like a fake lifestyle that doesn't make him happy so later on in the story like he he gets pulled more towards his family and recognizes just um you know like he recognizes how important that stuff is. So yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, absolutely. So um looks like uh yeah, so it looks like we touched a lot of ba- a lot on Echoes of the Triumphant and other things as well. Um so um not to spoil anything though, but are th- is there gonna be like any other additional characters that you have in mind? Like, is there like gonna be like another big bad besides Lionheart? Is there yeah, for sure. So um, basically, in so we're, right now we're working on issue number three. So the, the first arc is going to finish with uh, issue number four. And so um, this is basically the arc where Adrian just has to take down the big bad Lionheart. And so um, after this arc is finished, uh, I already have another script ready. Um, and he's going to take down another big bad. Um, I don't want to say too much about him because, um, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, I'm always afraid of spoiling things, I guess. But like, um, Lionheart's more of like uh, like a street level um, organized crime sort of villain. But um, the next villain that we have in the store is like more of a white collar. Um, type of villain. Like so subtle, like, basically. Like you know, you don't really like. People are not aware of like what he does, but then it's like, it's going to come out in a big way. Sort of like, not, I mean, I don't want to say like Lex Luthor in a sense, because, you know, who would think of like a billionaire tycoon being like a bad guy, you know what I mean? Or a businessman, right? But then it's like, when he does it in a big way, though, it's almost like shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, have, have you ever heard of like Bernie Madoff? Who? 
Um, so like the guy, the guy's name is Bernie Madoff and, um, Oh, Bernie Madoff. Yes. I've heard yeah. of that. Um, was he the guy behind the Ponzi scheme or something? Yeah. He had like the biggest Ponzi scheme in American back in 2008. I, I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, around the economy was, crash worth $60 billion. Wow. Yeah. So like, and that's, and that's the other thing too. Like, um, like despite the fact that like my books like science fiction like i don't know there's parallels to like stuff that's happening in the real world like there's a lot of you know corporate tycoons who are you know not being that transparent and who knows what they're up to like i hope they're up to like good things but there's definitely some Bernie madoffs there oh yeah they're they're everywhere and you know they're they're among us <laughs> yeah but yeah, I mean, the other thing I was going to say, too, is that, like, um, there's, uh, have you ever seen this movie called um, Don't Look Up? Don't Look Up. Sounds familiar. I don't think I've seen that movie. It's it's a really funny movie. It's, like, it's on Netflix. And so, basically, it's about how, like, a comet's coming to Earth, right? And so, uh, the whole story is about how, like, the government's incompetent, Um like all these businesses are incompetent like they can't you know fight this like this this comet that's that's coming down to the earth to save everybody but um the really funny thing in the movie is that like there's this one character who tells everybody the truth and she gets vilified she gets vilified by the media by the press by like everybody she basically loses her reputation and this and that and, and basically um the, the, the movie kind of alludes to the fact that like the more dishonest you are the more successful you'll be so like i mean i don't know like i that's it, kind of a controversial um take on like you know society but like i can kind of see that being true with like with bernie madoff and um i guess all these other like con artists and politicians who oh much, you know yeah like pay. uh Definitely. And like one that you may know of, like Keith Raniere from Nexium. He was like, he was like the guy who um, ran this cult called Nexium. It was um, proposed. It was like, it was like a front. It was like a, a you know, it was like a self-help um, organization, but it was a front for like, it was actually a cult and it was like a front for like the other devious activities, like, oh. you know, sexual stuff that was involved. Um, yeah, and he was quite the car artist. And, you know, before that, he actually owned this business called Consumers Byline. And for a while, it was taking off. It was doing really well, though. But then he wasn't paying his employees and the business just tanked. And um, he got he got with this hypnotherapist um, who I thought I forgot what she specialized in. It was something about uh, shoot, like hypnotherapy or something like it was it's weird. So he got he got together with this uh, hypnotherapist and they made this organization, you know, aimed at self-help, right? And what happened was just that he got, I mean, obviously he got a lot of people involved. Everyone was intrigued with this guy. He claimed himself to be the world's smartest man and had an IQ of like 240 or something, but then, you know, it turned out to be false. And like he said, he had multiple, they said he had multiple degrees, but then he barely graduated with a 2.26 GPA and without bearing, passing his upper division courses, hey, even worse, like he um, was a head of this secret organization within the organization, within the organization. And what it did was it branded people, it branded women um, with his initials, like with a cauterizing pen. And it, it made news. It, it, it was like on the first page of the New York Times. And one actress in particular was, a, was, you know, the center of it all, Sarah Edmondson. She was, she's from Canada and she taught, she told the New York times about it and they, they pretty much started, you know, the FBI went after him and they, they arrested him in Mexico. They found him um, hiding in a closet in a Mexican suite, you know, that he borrowed from a friend or something like that. And the guy's just like, he's a total POS and, you know, and he was just, you know, he would con people and he would, um, you know, try to, you know, he would like just do all sorts of things. And, 
you know, not, you know, I mean, at the time, I guess, you know, I mean, especially with the technology today, um, you know, that's how they were able, I, th- I guess it's how they were able to expose him because back then, I mean, you know, there were people that talked a lot about him though, but he wasn't really as known until recently. Yeah. I think it was like about a couple of years ago that they, they found out about him and they found out more things about him. And he even, you know, he even met the Dalai Lama too. So, I mean, they actually, his, his story is, um, if you watch the HBO series, The Vow, it talks a lot about that. And man, he was just, he was quite the con artist and he's sort of up there with, um, you know, like the sort of like similar to the creator of Scientology though. But the thing about Scientology is just that Scientology has connections in Hollywood and that's how they're able to like operate. They have connections through the actors and, you know, through other sorts of organizations too. And it's a lot of interesting stuff, you know I mean? Like crazy stuff, actually, I would say. I, I heard this like really amazing quote. It was about, it, it was from uh, Aziz Ansari on his new comedy special. And he said something along the lines of, you can profit off of information. Yeah. But you can also profit off of misinformation. And yeah, it's true. Very, very, that's a scary thing. It's a real scary thing. And like, you know, it comes to show that people can put up a front and be anybody. It's like a chameleon, if you will. And, you know, it's just, they use that to trick people. They use that to, I mean, for their own devious misdeeds. And it's just, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, um, I, sh- I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk about COVID too much. That's probably like a pretty controversial thing, but like, <laughs> I've seen like a bunch of people just say ridiculous stuff about COVID and I don't know, like it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Like it's uh, some, I, I feel as though some more people would have gotten help had there not been so much misinformation. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, if people told the right information, yeah, they definitely would have gotten help, you know what I mean? And especially people like, you know, put aside their differences and, you know, figure out a way like, okay, you know, we don't have to like each other though, but we do need to work together. Again, kind of like the story of Equus of the Triumphant, you know, like where, you know, yeah, you know, you, you, you don't, we don't have to like one another, but we need to work together, you know, in order to like make this world a better place or, you know, at least solve some problems. Because if we don't, I mean, that's going to not end so well for people. And, you know, you look at what's happening with, you know, like with Ottawa right now, like what you mentioned yeah. earlier, I think, you know, that that's sort of a symptom of that. It's just people not, you know, people not just putting, putting the, you know, people aren't putting the differences aside. They're just wanting to fight. You know, everyone wants to get yeah. into a fight. They want to like, you know, take it out on somebody. And it's like, come on, you know, like there's no need for that. Like, I think there's always a need to have a conversation about what can we do better? How can we help one another, you know, and leave it off at that. Yeah. And I I think that's also like a testament to like how much like you need, um, like just, just, I mean, good leaders and, and people who can really like bring people together and just not yeah. be divisive and um that's a really important thing because like I think that's uh like uh that's that's one of the things in Echoes of the Triumph and that I sort of allude to like there's there's always gonna be like rivalry in, in any sort of society. Oh there's yeah always, always. like one person who thinks to himself like what am I doing so wrong and what is that person doing so right and you know um there's always going to be just just a little bit of that in in everybody and so the best thing to do in my opinion is to get leaders out there who are just just kind of bring a sense of community and just um community yes yeah just just start conversations between you know different people and, and and yeah absolutely well, um, so Echoes of the Triumphant is, um, yeah, so the kick, so the Kickstarter is up right now. I posted on my um, Twitter, and I ho- hopefully I can find a way to post that video on my YouTube page. Um, trying to download it if I can. Um, yeah, so it's on Kickstarter right now. Um, you can go check it out. Um, there's a lot of the rewards, and you got 30 days to go. So um, start backing people. Um, make sure that. Um, you help out you you know you you fund this comic because it has a really amazing arc 
And um, Pat, I hope it takes off. I hope you continue to create this story, this amazing story. And I hope we can talk about it again sometime soon. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for being on the Earth Six Comics Wire. Is there any um, final thoughts you want to say about um, Echoes of the Triumphant or anything in general? Um, yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Um, uh, you guys can reach me at at Reverb Comics on Instagram. Uh, we have a Reverb Comics page on Facebook. And uh, of course there's a uh, reverbcomics.com that uh, you guys should check out. So um, so yeah, there's plenty of ways to reach me. And so um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on your show. Hey, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for being on and thank you so much constant listeners for listening. Um, as I always say, constant listeners stay ever so awesome. This is Brian of Earth 16 and And this is Pat Murphy. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. It's all good. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, Pat Murphy. All right, and we're signing out. Thank you so much. You have all, y'all have a good one.